a treat spookier than a ghoul's dick snot, but only half as sweet. Don't look at me, I voted for Shalin. We're talking bipartisanship, model cities, and pigeon rats on this episode of WatchBots. God complexes, politics, and evil twins in this spooky edition of WatchBots. like Mr. Ed. Welcome to Wilburbots. This is <laughs> the Blood Doctor Ben, and I'm here with the corpse of Shalin. Hello. And Cadaver. Oh, I like that a lot. I was gonna go with Stark Dave and Mad. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Cadaver's pretty alright. <laughs> One out of three ain't bad. Shalyn, what would your spooky name be if it wasn't one that I made up for you? It, w- it would be Screamin' Shalyn or something like that. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, um, Stabbin' Shalyn or Stabby, Stabby Shalyn. That's too close to my real life persona. <laughs> what? <laughs> you murderous jerk. It's true. It's the spookiest month. We've officially entered uh, October and... Uh, this month doesn't have a theme name yet, but you know, it might as we come along here. There's a lot going on, but I'm glad you brought up Stabbin' Shalin because the new Scream trailer is upon us. And I know that you're the biggest Scream head there is. You are. Yeah. I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. It has come to my attention several times today. And for whatever reason, I just kept getting distracted. <laughs> See, because people know that you're a scream head and they're like, she must have seen this trailer. Let me scream bring it to her attention. Head. It's it's why you called yourself screaming Shailen at the beginning of this episode. It's true. Yeah. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, cool. A fourth scream movie. And then I, I didn't know they made a fourth scream movie. Yes, I, they had made a fourth scream yeah. movie that very few people remembered. I'm huh. pretty on top of movie stuff and trivia and things like that i had no idea it's like i don't know how it's slipped under my radar so this is going to be the fifth one yeah yeah huh it's a requel or a seaboot i'm gonna go with seaboot so it has nev campbell Mm -hmm. and courtney cox and david arquette and yet they yes they're working together even though they're divorced that's they're still friendly hollywood professionalism i guess but it's a whole new Group of kids, uh, ghost face is back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing amiable about this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and Wes Craven not involved. The original writer, Kevin Williamson, is in an executive producer role, I guess, to lend it street cred. Anytime you can have the the creator of Dawson's Creek get involved in a horror movie, it's the right movie. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. It did have something, though, that I didn't care for, and that is a visible ankle break. Real ankle break right in the middle oh, of the trailer. One thing I didn't care for was how many possible kills they revealed. 
No, those are all those are all classic fakeouts. Oh man, are you sure? I don't know. Hollywood has picked up the Marvel model of just inserting scenes into trailers that are never there because it's just so fucking easy. <laughs> I don't expect that anything in that movie is actually in that trailer, other than somebody being like, "Hello, Sydney, it's me, Poke Fifty Two. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite porno movie?" <laughs> In this version, the poking is done with a knife. Because it's stamped. Oh, that's chilling. It's chilling. It's violent. It, that's fucked up. Because it, it's yeah. the knife and then it's the, uh, the old twig and berries. Ew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was too far. You make yeah. up that fucking gross ghoul snot joke. That's totally what uh, I made up. Shit. Yeah. Shailen, it's Halloween season, not disgust the listener's season. This is. Isn't every season disgust the listener season around here? No. Damn it. Uh, only Christmas, <laughs> because you insist on getting so religious. That's me. You take it too far, too far. But yeah, I, I guess I'm interested until, well, I was interested until I saw the ankle break, and now I will be uh, like a little baby boy. Did you <laughs> see, did you see Scream? <laughs> did you see Scream 4? No, but I okay. read the spoilers, probably read the spoilers like 20 times. And I couldn't tell you anything that happens. I think Alison Breeze in that movie. Really? Oh, is she? Yeah, no fooling. So it's that recent, huh? (laughs) Yeah, sometime in the last 15 years. (laughs) 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 Another another hot trailer dropped just this week for um, Home Sweet Home Alone, the new Disney Plus exclusive. What? I missed this. Okay, so I'm going to set it up for you. You know the plot of Home Alone? It seems pretty much like that. There's a, oh, okay. there's a family and a house. There's a lot of British people. Ellie Kemper is one of the thieves, but she seems like a reluctant thief. Hmm. It feels like a pornography plot in a way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she didn't want to break in, but she had to, and now she's here. And her Sounds bad. Fell off. It, does, it does sound bad. Oh, she's a reluctant thief. And yeah. <laughs> she's going to steal your heart. She has a a male partner as well, so I mean, his ski cap could fall off too. I don't want to be exclusionary here, but the kid seems uh, annoying and British, and that's it's a problem. It's all these. <laughs> it's a problem because he's annoying, or because he's British, or both. No, no, no. I have nothing against British people. I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm all Queen Britannia, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like an annoying kid. Macaulay Culkin brought a heart and a gravitas. That can no longer be matched. So I guess it's just it's requel week. Is the is the point? That was the problem with the the third and fourth Home Alone movies. Is like they didn't have a, they didn't have Macaulay Culkin. It was just like a, a kid that was trying to be cute. Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin was not trying to be cute. He was just right being a natural kid. You know what's weird about that third Home Alone movie? How terrible it is. Are you sure? But that they had the same mom was involved. Yes. Um, my mom was in Chicago for like a work conference or something, and they were filming. And she saw Catherine O'Hara and like it was filming for Home Alone 3, but then it just was like, a, I don't know, a cousin or something. We're going to fucked up family. Yeah. I mean, that's established pretty well in the first and second Home Alone because they abandoned their child. And Listen, okay. One time is a mistake. Two times yeah. is a coincidence. Three times with two separate children is starting to establish a, a troubling pattern. A pattern of behavior. She's a serial Home Aloneer. In conclusion, Catherine O'Hara, bad mom in that series. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going through my Jay Leno bets here. Another thing that happened, <laughs> that happened this week is our 
greatest American hero, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, was part of a, a new rap release. I think it's a Kendrick Lamar song that he's in on. I do have it here. I'm play play a little bit for you. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours and take what time. Like in some more in my veins. My culture banging with strange. I change the game. So what's my motherfucking name? Ooh, take it easy. Whoa, Dwayne. <laughs> Language. You were in Moana, sir. <laughs> I like it because the rocks rapping sounds exactly what you think the rocks rapping would it's sound true. like you know what i mean like it, yeah well it just sounds like he's delivering a wrestling promo yeah like yeah. Or, like it feels like he should be pimping like his under armor line or i don't know like a brand of cigars or something it's so strange now does he call out vin diesel in the rap he does not in the song unfortunately no 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 fellini-esque commissions yeah he this week uh also rock related he's come out he's trying to bury the hatchet with Vin, he's trying to clear the mm-hmm. clear that air. I think he wants back in on the Fast and Furious franchise. I, I mean, he's the, uh, the, 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 the films the films proper, not the not the offshoots. Hmm. hmm. If DVD? I were The Rock, I feel like I could probably drum up work in other ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just being a nice guy and trying to bury the hatchet out of the goodness of his heart. Could be, Shalyn. That's heartwarming. He's literally the biggest man <laughs> with the biggest heart. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because with the rap song, people were like, wow, The Rock's in a rap song. But they had forgotten that he was in like a Wyclef video 20 years ago. Uh, Just going, it doesn't matter. And (laughs) it got me to doing a little research into other like lesser known rappers. And I found one. Let me play for you guys. Mother foxes murdering bunnies. What? Mother foxes murdering bunnies. Yeah! Mother fox. Mother foxes murdering bunnies. What? Mother foxes murdering bunnies. Mother fox. Mother fox. Mother fox. Mother fox. So, so. Shailen, that was your uh, your collaboration with Lil John. Um, yeah. Motherfucks, murdering bunnies. Right. Yeah. It was inspired. It's true. And with, with the payout from that, I don't know why we're doing this, but that's life sometimes. I told you several weeks, maybe months ago, mm-hmm. when the apocalypse falls upon the earth, people will need entertainment and they'll need to know <laughs> <laughs> about cartoons. I'm not going down this road again. <laughs> that was, um, that's off your <laughs> album, uh, Woodland Creatures, right? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and on it. the front, it's just you dressed like a, a a fox, and you've got like pelts of other animals. No, that's not me on the cover. I got a body double. Oh, okay. oh wow, right. a big time, yeah. like a like a Padme Amidala situation. That's right. That's right. But you know, folks, what they say is, uh, it's they say a Rolling Stone gathers no moss, but what they should say is one drop begets another, because like butter. I was on a roll. <laughs> she's playing with her jewelry. She's putting up her hair. She's touring the facility and picking up slack. I want a girl with a short gaze with all women. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is the rock hard hunk. My God. I was like, 
sweating. He was performing oral sex on Dave Seville. <laughs> Sometimes the muse strikes, you know. I feel honored every time you put <laughs> put me in a drop. Do you feel the same way, Shailen? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel honored on your behalf when you get put in a drop, and I feel terribly <laughs> embarrassed about myself when Ben puts me in them. You know, the thing about, about drops is I will learn new tricks, and like I'll get excited, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like I could put uh, Shailen into like an auto-tune machine, but then I'm like, oh, that's great that I learned that. I could never use that in any other situation. Um, <laughs> so I could just be like a, like a bad like electronic music maker, and like <laughs> I can add reverb. That's how it goes. You never know. The situation could present itself at some you point. Know, don't denigrate yourself, Ben. This you be proud. You discovered the skill. You have it. You know how to do it. Now, if you, you're at a bar, right, in some weird future where you're at a bar uh, by yourself and you're just hanging Hello, out, talking. ladies. Yeah. You're just hanging out <laughs> talking to people. Turns out, guy next to you, he's an audio engineer, and you're like, motherfucker, let me tell you a little bit about reverb. You guys, bumps <laughs> conversation sparked. <laughs> and there you go. You wouldn't have had that if you didn't learn that skill. You got to hit effect and then reverb and then put in the number. That's right. What number did you use? I'm not giving away my secrets for Gotta free. Got to keep those trade secrets secret, Ben. Uh, <laughs> folks, if you want to know what number I use, hit us up at Twitter at WatchBotsPod. Hashtag trade secrets. But the secret, she's a mine. <laughs> <laughs> now we can get into a show that somehow we have avoided talking about for a long time. And it's really the perfect kickoff for the holiday season here the holiday of halloween and it's such a perfect fit that it's incredible that it hasn't come up in any other year and that of course is the simpsons the simpsons is probably my favorite show of all time uh full stop maybe star trek the next generation maybe dear john but those are probably those are the three i think love that jed hirsch same same three no, uh, I love John Hirsch. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's Heathcliff, The Simpsons, and then um, the Three Men and the Baby short-lived series that ran on Fox in 1997. <laughs> yeah, the, the three men were David Schwimmer. This was before Friends. Yeah. John Leguizamo. Hot, hot off the John Leguizamo show. <laughs> and Bill Cosby, uh, hot off of, well, I'm not going to make Cosby. that joke. <laughs> and the baby was, of course, the girl from my two dads because she already had experience with same-sex dads. Right. So, yeah. worked out. Um, trip, trip dads. Any account here, like any attempt here to really accurately recount Simpsons history is going to be just fucking ill-advised, right? Like there's so much and it's so easy to skip. So I want to keep this sort of outline fairly high level, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're talking about the fucking noozles, you can get down in the dirt, because chances are not a lot of people know about the Noozles. I'm going to take a bet. Shame on that. that. <laughs> many people will know Simpsons history better than we will. So we'll, 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 we'll kind of zip you through it here. So the Simpsons, the brainchild of Matt Groening, who was a cartoonist in the 80s. He had a comic strip called Life is Hell that had weird-ass looking bunnies. Got put in touch with Tracy Ullman. Uh, who had an, I think it was a Comedy Central show. Tracy Ullman, by the way, not funny, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and he got commissioned to put together a series of animated shorts. And that's how The Simpsons came to be. So The Simpsons, based off of his own family, and that's pretty much what it is. You know, it's an animated sitcom. And 
despite those early shorts being exceptionally rough, like horrible oh, Bart. frosty chocolate milkshakes. Oh, uh, the, the Tracy Ullman ones are bad. Near unwatchable. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the first season of The Simpsons, it somehow, you know, or, or thankfully, I guess, just improves on it, but it's still, mm-hmm. they're still really rough. Didn't really yeah. get that stride until about the second season, I'd say. It's true. It, but somehow, I guess through the, the grace of the Lord above, Fox was starting up around this time, looking for primetime content. They liked those sketches about dreams or whatever the fuck, and so commissioned the show The Simpsons. And like Dave said, first season, pretty sitcom-y, pretty, pretty normal, but the show just an immediate humongous hit off the bat. There were Bart Simpson shirts that were getting banned all over the country, an arcade game. The Simpsons were drawn in to be like presenters at the Grammys or the Emmys, just like this meteoric hit that we wouldn't see again until, geez, I don't know, Pirate Master, the reality show where people pretended to be pirates. I can't believe we stopped watching that show. Yeah, that's how it works. But The Simpsons, I mean, everybody worked on this show. Like anybody who's anybody in the comedy world. Uh, Conan <laughs> O'Brien, Phil Hartman, uh, the Bob, entire Bob cast Odenkirk. of Spinal Tap, Bob Odenkirk, the people from Spinal Tap, Kristen Bell made a cameo in the latest appearance or the latest season, things mm. like that. I think seasons three to eight, now there's a lot of debate about this, and I'm not going to get dragged into the muck, you fucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> seasons three to eight or nine or some of the best TV ever, just like amazing, memorable episodes like week to week to week mm-hmm. and being you know, 10, 11, 12 in the middle of it. It's just like this weird experience that we won't see again because TV is is mostly garbage now. And also, we'll never be those ages again. Time has been a flat circle. Time is, is coming for us all. <laughs> I think... Um, it's on my side. For Today. me, you know, you, you, <laughs> time ain't nothing but a number. Mm-hmm. I don't know. R.I.P. Elia. For me, the, the, the Simpsons were like an event. Um, they were on, I believe it was Thursdays, then Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. So Sunday nights, after, you know, Monday mornings going to school and you would just talk about the Simpsons and just try to remember as many mm-hmm. jokes as possible. That was like the goal between me and my friends or like the kids I would talk about the Simpsons with. And then on Tuesday, they'd forget that you were alive and then you'd have to wait till Sunday. And then Monday you would uh, be able to talk to them again. But yeah, I mean, just like you said, Ben, the like seasons three through six for me were like. Not a bad episode in them. Every week was 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 something to discuss. And then the Treehouse of Horror episodes were must-see events. Mm-hmm. Absolutely must-see. Like appointment viewing. Yeah, in Treehouse of Horror, of course, is the annual tradition. So there's been, I think there's 31. I think the newest one is coming up probably in the month of October. The annual non-canon Halloween anthology. And it first showed up in season two. That was Treehouse of Horror 1. And these days, it's usually, but not always, the season premiere. So for context, the Treehouse of Horror we're talking about is Treehouse of Horror 7, which was the first episode of season 8. And just, again, to put into context like how nuts this time was, the last two episodes of season 7 were Homer Palooza, where Homer becomes like the human cannibal mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he meets uh, Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Homer uh, Simpson, smiling politely. Smiling politely. In the summer of four foot two, which is the episode where they go to the beach and Lisa's a cool kid, 
and Milhouse plays a mystery date with the Simpsons. It's, it's a real it's a hoot. <laughs> the two episodes after this one aired are You Only Move Twice, which is the Hank Scorpio episode, and like by any so measure, good. one of the best Simpsons episodes ever. I would say one of the best television episodes ever. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's right up, right up there with the season finale, season two finale of Three Men and a Baby, the television series. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which was part of the must-see TV lineup on uh, NBC's. <laughs> it's it's new to me. The Homer They Fall, which is the episode where Homer becomes a boxer, and then the Larry Burns episode <laughs> with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so just like, just incredible TV week to week to week. Just just crazy stuff. How much do you guys keep up with where the Simpsons are nowadays? I don't. We've watched a couple episodes like we the the episode where Marge was selling cannabis at like the Apple store. And outside of that, I don't think I've watched a newer episode since God in years. Like mm-hmm. I've caught them here and there, but it's not anything I'm consistent with. Was that episode that you watched good? No. 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 No, it was actually quite sad. <laughs> like sad because <laughs> it wasn't great or sad because the uh, because of the content of the episode. Like were were they trying to be sad? No. No, no. no Pull no. some hard strings. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. The voice actors have been doing this for 37 seasons or something? 33. 33? No, 33. Okay. Yeah. And at a certain point, people's voices change over time. And Marge sounded like she'd been smoking a lot of cigarettes and no, uh, drinking whiskey. And that was sad. And also, the reason that I always appreciated the Simpsons is because they did such a good job with like, not being obnoxious about their social commentary, right? Like, yes, obviously yeah. sometimes they like beat you over the head with certain things, but it was in an effort to be funny. This was a very overt, not subtle episode <laughs> about things. And it was combined with like, oh, Marge sounds really old. We're going to put her in a situation where she's uncomfortable, but it's okay because like the nice people are running the store and here we've got a couple of guest stars to cover up the fact that we have like old voice there, actors. There's something else too. And so I agree the the voice acting, I mean, and most of the voice actors sound close enough, but Marge sounds off and it's weird because the character is the character, right? Like cartoon characters don't age, but it's also like the visual style, you know, at a point they switch from hand drawn yeah. animation yeah, to that's true. computers. And I think the movie suffers from this somewhat too. And everything just looks it looks glossy and it feels like glossy Springfield family guy. Like that's, that's the only way I can put it. Yeah. I was going to say, I think season 11 or season 12 sort of, I dropped off like regular viewing. And I think it was because at, at the time it felt like it had shifted away from like, I don't know, the jokes and punchlines that they had in the seasons past. And it had shifted over to this like family guy, Mm-hmm. way of setting up a joke it's like we're gonna put homer in this zany situation and it's gonna be completely random and he's gonna run into random things and do random you know random stuff and he's gonna be kind of mean or you know kind of obnoxious that works for family guy it does not work for yeah. the, it did not work for the simpsons like you can't apply that formula there and that's for me that's where it fell off and i've i think the last episode i watched was where i think homer was in a i think he ended up with like at like a, a gay bar or something like that. Sure. But I was like, I think they already did this episode. <laughs> Didn't they already do the storyline once? Like Homer was homophobic. I, I yeah, mean, it, was, it, was, uh, yeah. it was John Waters. And yeah. Yeah. And it was done much better. 
that's a key differentiation as well when guest stars didn't come on to be characters like Dustin yes. Hoffman playing Mr. Bergstrom or John Waters playing the toy store owner when Brendan it's like Fraser being the Apple core guy, which is hilarious. <laughs> Here's weird Al Yankovic. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember it was probably around the 11th or 12th season, like kid rock and Britney Spears come on and Homer just goes kid rock. And I was like, Oh my God, they're not even trying. <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons though. I mean, it's an American institution and who knows how long it's going to go on for. It's obviously not as good as it used to be. But with everything on Disney Plus, if you are too young for The Simpsons, for God's sake, like watch a lot of it. They're pretty timeless. Uh, this will be my my only plea in this regard. But yeah, it's it's just an amazing seminal TV show for the most part. Uh, it's not without its, its low points. But anyway, so the episode we're talking about here is The Treehouse of Horror 7. Or as it said in the title card, the Simpsons Halloween Special 7, which was a little weird. We'll talk about the writers as we get through each of the segments. With Treehouse of Horror, there are usually three segments. Sometimes there's a story around them. In this particular one, there's not. But we'll talk about them as we go, because the Simpsons writers always are pretty well known. This aired on October 7th, 1996. What else was going on back then, Ben? Do it. In a Halloween scare some context, man. What okay. else was happening? Was happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my spooky Ooh. ghost voice. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Context. We, in our time, have stumbled on some real banger box office weeks. And I'm happy to report that this week in October 96 was no different. Number one movie in America, the legal-ish thriller, Sleepers. Hmm. Okay. Number two, the John wait, Lovitz. Wait, wait. <laughs> the John Lovitz? The, hold on. <laughs> okay. Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> Almost. No, no, high school. It was a high school high? It was high school high. The parody, the principal movie, you couldn't get Jim Belushi, so you got to get, you got to get John Lovitz. <laughs> I think there's a gag in that where he has like a big afro and somebody tries to hit him with a bat, but the afro stops it. And I think that's the entire joke. Yeah. And I think I call it Rhinestone Cowboy because I think at one point he's DJing the school dance and it's supposed to be like a school like in um, Dangerous Minds and he takes like the hip hop hop hip hop song off. And mm-hmm. puts on rhinestone cowboy and okay that's that's the joke that's my kind of teacher though you know rhinestone cowboy is a fine uh a fine musical institution it's not a bad song but <laughs> it, it was a bad joke the song is great it was that's a bad joke. that's fair that's fair yeah number three at least thematically appropriate is the uh the stephen king adaptation of thinner <laughs> where a man gets cursed to be really thin and uh, i remember renting that on vhs mm-hmm. and being very very disappointed it was not not a good scary movie i'll tell you that's a curse i'd like to have ben we're not doing this tonight you look <laughs> fine okay you look okay like some weirdo with stringy hair to burst in here and go thin just drunk drive and then uh, get the get the hex, get the curse. In a worst case with that, you got a guy coming after you with a hook. You know, like you can't go wrong running people over in the street. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's my, my general MO. <laughs> that is a movie um, that I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. You know, guy with a hook after you hit him with a car. That is uh, that is being rebooted. Is it really? <laughs> into a television show. Okay. I don't know if it's like a American horror story kind of like anthology series or whatever, or if it's going to mm-hmm. be going on for four seasons. But yeah, that's another good horror property being rebooted or resuscitated or whatever mm-hmm. for today's modern audience. Interesting. And just this week, there's a new uh, Chucky TV show coming yes. out, which seems yep. incredibly ill-advised. But what do I know? I mean, <laughs> Child's Play is a concept that somehow sustained three increasingly terrible movies and also a reboot just in the last 18 months. I have heard that within the horror film fans community, mm-hmm. that Seed of Chucky is a pretty good Chucky sequel. Yeah, and you know, I, sh- I should take a step back before the, the internet comes down my throat for this. It wasn't yeah. the, the original three movies, and then there was like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky and all that. Yeah, I think they get like really candid Crazy stuff. Point. Sure, yeah. sure. So I mean, a, a television show based on that can't miss, can't miss property. Top song was the Macarena. So if you really want to date yourself as to what was going on here, the Macarena was the top song. A song where the music video is two older men doing the Macarena like that. It's uh, Los Del Rio. And they're also surrounded by like beautiful, like younger women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way all rock musicians are. Right, 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 right. Oh, to be on the set of that music video. <laughs> I'd want to hang out with the dudes. Like, what, are they do- what are they like, all what about? Are you, what are you guys doing? Like, How did you, you guys write this? With, How did you come up with this song? What do you think they're doing now? I wonder if they're alive. Let's find out. Do you think they're just touring and just singing the Macarena in like random places? I would be willing to bet so. They do like a flash, a flash okay. mob, but it's Macarena. So Los Del Rio are both alive. They have been a band since 1962, so they were in. They were put together for almost 35 years. They were born in 1948 and 1947, so both well over 70 at this point. The idea that these these two men can be in a band or some audio format and be together mm-hmm. for like 35 years gives you and me hope, Ben. Like we <laughs> could be podcasting for 32 more years. Yep. Just keep going and going and going. Got You got to keep pushing. Yeah. No matter how much common sense says you should stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of Ninja Turtle episodes to discuss. I was about to make the joke that there's enough Simpsons episodes for you to just go on forever. I mean, there, there's enough Simpsons podcasts out there to do it. Yeah, we missed that first wave, but that's how it goes sometimes. This episode also aired just a week and change ahead of the 1996 election between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. But we're going to put a pin in that since it's a central plot point in a little bit here. So, let's get into it. What you could say about the Treehouse of Horror, you know, across 30 plus years, which is fucking insane, is that it commits to the theme, including with the opening here. You got Homer setting his hand ablaze. You got the Grim Reaper killing the whole family for the couch gag. It's a real hoot. 
I like the thematic changing of the classic theme song as well. I do too. I think Pinky and the Brain did it for their Christmas special. Sure. They sure did. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. I love when cartoons do that. And I'm going to say this right up the top, right? There are so many jokes and things happening in this show that it's tough to grab them all accurately. So if anybody's got a favorite joke that I didn't grab because I can't just grab 22 straight minutes audio, fucking eat me, okay? We'll talk about it. (laughs) Grab me and eat me. Grab. (laughs) Grab panties moistly. So the first uh, the first segment here is The Thing and I, and it was written by a guy named Ken Keeler. And like many Simpsons writers, uh, Ken Keeler, a classic brainiac, he studied applied mathematics at Harvard, got a master's in electrical engineering at Stanford, which you might know as the Harvard of the East, of the West. And he Harvard is the Harvard of the East. PhD from Harvard in applied mathematics. He was working at AT&T and then somehow left to write for david letterman and it's like what the fuck i get All so right, mad okay. the, like i went to school for writing and like i do it <laughs> professionally and it's just like this guy's like i'm a math genius and i'm gonna write for the simpsons now i'm gonna write some of the funniest goddamn episodes you've ever watched it, oh it makes me so jealous <laughs> i'm so mad and every episode he wrote well almost everyone was a complete banger so uh he wrote this segment he wrote the film festival episode with Jay Sherman. He wrote <laughs> that's that's one of my favorites. That, that's one of my favorites yeah. as well. The episode where George Bush moves in next door, which is another okay. one of my favorites. The weird like Homer trippy peyote one where he eats the ghost pepper. Yes. Um, he wrote the sideshow Cecil episode, and he was part of the writing team for like the spinoff one where they had the three different Simpson spinoffs. He also wrote. One of the most divisive and probably disliked Simpsons episodes where they decided that Principal Skinner was, in fact, not Principal Skinner, that he was an imposter. I don't know that I know that one. Armin Tanzarian. Not not really well received, that one. But what can you do? So let's get into this here. We start off in the Simpson home and Bart and Lisa and the whole family sleeping. You get some noises from the attic. Indeed. The kids are talking with Homer and Marge at breakfast the next day, and they're wondering what's going on there. And Marge is like, Homer? <laughs> Why does my Homer sound like Mo? Homer, <laughs> you need to feed them. And it's, it's fish heads. <laughs> she sounded like Lois from Family Guy. Oh, Peta. <laughs> Peta. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't go, like how easily. Him some fish heads home. Can slip into that uh, that Rhode Island accent. But anyway, um, <laughs> so Homer, he grabs, he goes into the fridge and he grabs a bucket and the, it's just filled with fish heads. And he goes upstairs while singing this song. Fish head, fish head, do, 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 do. And the Simpsons will do that a lot, right? You know, just like saying little tunes. And I thought, that's funny. I, I thought that was worth pulling a clip of. But then what I discovered, this is an actual fucking song. I was going to say, did you not know it was a song? No, I did not know it was a song. What? The, so the Simpsons, you eat know. Eat them up. Yum. If any of you out there think that you're, you're real smarty pantses, uh, watch the Simpsons because there were just so many references layered in there it's, you won't know what what's going on so this was an actual song that was big on the uh dr demento dr. show Dement. 
<laughs> which the Simpsons writers uh, okay. are also influenced it is, by. It is revealing itself how Shalen knows this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play a little bit here. The song itself is like five minutes long. Yeah, because there's like a weird like... Yeah, I'm going to skip over that part. Yeah, it starts off with two and a half minutes of intro, and I had a link and it's broken. Okay. That's quite enough. The uh, <laughs> fish heads in my soup. We'll put a link to the music oh. video in the show notes. It's like fish head puppets, and there's flies all over the place. It's fucking. It's strange, man. I it, it, like you bring up the the references, like. Watching this episode as an adult, I'm sure I rewatched it a ton of times when I was in my 20s, but like, there's always something new to learn, like what they're referencing or what they're, you know, what they're alluding to and all that. It's, it's, I mean, especially with these middle seasons, it's really, really strong. For sure. For sure. And and there are so many things in here, like I, at the age of 37, didn't know what they were. So we'll, we'll talk about those. So Homer and Marge are out. The kids decide to go to the attic. They pulled down the attic stairs. Did you ever have those attic stairs that like you pulled down on the string and then like the, the stairs would rocket out like in um in Christmas vacation? They don't rocket out, but I have had the pull down the pull yeah. down ladder staircase in a couple houses. Yeah. Yeah. We had one that you would pull the string, but then the ladder would fold down. But I still had that PTSD from seeing Christmas vacation too many times. <laughs> That like I was always terrified of just being like fucking massacred. So my father, he's a, he's a real handyman. Um, so we're in our, our the house I grew up in, we had this attic space, and he was just trying to figure out like we we needed more space uh, mm-hmm. for like storage and stuff. So he was like, "Oh, I'll go up in the attic and I'll wall, it, you know, I'll board it off and and everything. I'll like insulate it." But we didn't have any access to it besides this little you know hatch. He put one of those those lat those fold out ladders in. And in the meantime, he had also redone the hallway, the upstairs hallway, because there was a bunch of bunch of work, whatever. So mm-hmm. there's new walls, there's new doors, there's this new, you know, fold-out ladder that leads up to this new attic. Maybe the first week when the, the walls are finished and everything, my friend and I are like, oh, I gotta go show you my nerf collection. It's upstairs. <laughs> so I pulled down the uh the ladder and I unfold it incorrectly. Because mm-hmm. it was a very tight space. So you had to fold it in a very certain way. Mm-hmm. And the ladder just rips the new wall just this huge like one foot gouge <laughs> into the wall and i tried to hide it by like clo- keeping a door open and like covering it but they obviously found it because it was a bathroom door yeah it had to be closed so ptsd but for different reasons those uh those attic ladders there a real killer yeah uh, <laughs> of spirits and bodies i guess and, and walls, <laughs> walls, walls. Matter. so all kinds of visual gags up in the attic. There was a guitar. There were old copies of the B Sharps record. There was Marge's painting of Ringo Starr, which Shailen creamed her jeans at. I, I put it on me wool. <laughs> they, they also find the unsold copies of Homer's autobiography, which is titled Homer, I Hardly Knew Me. <laughs> a gag I certainly enjoyed. These are still like jokes I make and like take and like allude to. Sure. this day as well yeah it just unconsciously at this point or subconsciously i guess like you just say these things and you're like oh right yeah that's that's from a simpsons episode <laughs> I, I come up with i put it on me wall very often <laughs> it's just this weird throwaway ringo star 
our uh, our sometimes co-host Mike um mm. a while ago uh, a girlfriend of his observed to both of us out loud she said you two have only spoken in Simpsons reference for the first 30 minutes here like we were on a, like a mm-hmm. double date or something and that's all we had done it's just like so it was it was you and Mike and then two other people yeah his girlfriend and my and my my wife okay so um, that was that was the other couple yeah <laughs> yeah we had unconsciously just been quoting the simpsons back at each other i think we were having a conversation like bumblebee does with the radio and like he can converse with the songs yeah. we were doing that with simpsons quotes yeah that's a thing yeah. i feel like we we've had <laughs> thanks Shannon. we've had whole days at our house that like you sit back and re- at the end of the day and you're like did we actually converse or did we just quote the simpsons at each other all day it's hard to say you know what here's here's what i'll say too this is a, a very slight diversion so I've been on a long, laborious rewatch of The Simpsons. I keep getting distracted. And again, because everything's up on Disney+, Plus, except the Michael Jackson episode, I always want that random play feature, because that's when I enjoy The Simpsons best. Yes. It's just, you know, you put on FXX or whatever the fuck, and it just goes and goes and goes. Like, I don't, I don't like watching them super linearly for some reason. Linearly? Linearly. Anyway, you know what, listeners? Hit up Disney+, Plus with the hashtag... Um, shuffle play shuffle that shit Actually, and, free, free the shuffle yeah yeah it, all those hashtags in one tweet you can fit them all anyway so the kids run across a shadowy monster in the attic and they go and they hide uh, there's a good sight gag that I'm not going to play the clip for because I'm going to guess it doesn't play Homer and Marge get back and Marge <gasps> I'm very disappointed and terrified <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's claw marks on the door. It's a good Marge line. So Marge calls up Dr. Hibbert, and then all of a sudden, Dr. Hibbert is there. And they start to explain that there is a, a fourth Simpsons child. And there's a joke here that I really like because there's an ongoing thing in The Simpsons, and I'm sure they're still doing it today, where Lisa is the middle child and is just, you know, she's pushed aside <laughs> for literally anything else, right? Like she's the smartest person in town. Better than Springfield. Like they talk about this all the time, but just gets shoved aside. Uh, and you got a little taste of that here. Mm, I'm afraid we haven't been entirely honest with you, Bart. You see, you have a brother. So I have two brothers? Lisa, please. Yes, Bart, you have a twin brother. <laughs> he just literally like <laughs> face palms her out of the way. <laughs> it's not too far. It, it's really good stuff. So then Dr. Hibbert shows up, and I wonder if. In a post Cosby world, if Dr. Hibbert is as big a character, like you know how Apu was sort of off boarded, as it were, or really minimized. I wonder if yeah. Dr. Hibbert faces a lot of that too. Because Dr. Hibbert is, for those who aren't familiar, I mean, pretty much a like a Bill Cosby knockoff from the Cosby show. Less oh. competent as a doctor, though. Well, I mean, that's debatable. I don't know. But very competent at wearing ugly sweaters good sweaters and, and laughing and laughing so he and lisa have a have a good exchange here about uh terminology and being canceled and being woke etc cetera, etc cetera. siamese twins i believe they prefer to be called conjoined twins and hillbillies prefer to be called sons of the soil but it ain't gonna happen <laughs> it's 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 good stuff so we get a flashback scene to the birth of bart and at this point in season eight, you've seen Bart's birth from every angle possible. 
every and I mean that. angle. Do you remember when Marge was in Playboy, by the way? I do yes. remember that, yes. <laughs> did they, she did, okay. I don't remember if this was around the time of the movie, but I can't imagine any other time when, well, you know what, Playboy's been desperate for a long time. But the pictures are disturbing. Like We've talked in the past about <laughs> sexualizing cartoon characters. I don't know how it comes up, but it comes it's, up. Because it's natural. It's natural to do that. Yeah, it's a natural thing. And like right, these, yes. Totally. Fucking Marge pictures. Like they were clearly drawn by the Simpsons animators, but it was like her in like a see-through nighty, so you could yeah. see Marge's nipples. It's like, oh, what is what is going I don't on? Think about like Simpson nipples. That's it's weird. It's fucked up. What's weird is that there are episodes where you can see Bart's nipples and they're nothing like Marge's in Playboy. Yes. And I think the key thing here, and this is a key distinction, is the Simpson world is the Simpsons, right? This, so like when Brett the Hitman Hart showed up in an episode of The Simpsons, he didn't look like Brett the Hitman Hart. He had, you know, the big kind of upper jaw, you know, like the, the crazy eyes, things like that. Like, yeah, the overbite. You're in that world. So you don't want to think of the Simpsons looking like people. Like, you don't want to think about, like, Homer's raging hard on. Oh, like, that's crazy talk, gross. right? I mean, <laughs> maybe that is the exception. It's the exception that proves the rule. How's that? <laughs> 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 anyway, just really fucked up stuff there. But you know what, listeners, if you need to find the Marge Playboy pictures, I mean, more power to you, you do you, whatever. We'll put a link in the show. The show <laughs> no, <laughs> we will not do that. I'm overdue to look at them again. So it's, we do the flashback. 52. I, I lost my Playboy subscription. <laughs> and the twins come out. So it's Bart and um, the other twin who is named Hugo. And they're conjoined. And there's just a little subtle joke here that I had completely forgotten about, but I, I really enjoyed. A routine soul smear confirmed the presence of pure evil. <laughs> so the joke about conjoined twins is that, you know, there's one good one and one evil one. So they did a soul smear. <laughs> it's like the little <laughs> the little test tube just turned completely black. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy realizing that I've been making a joke that came from The Simpsons without realizing it. That's one that I've made on the playground before, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do a soul smear on that kid. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It came from here. I love the visual gag of him using the paper cutter before yes. they separated the twins, and, but it's obviously the, the birth certificates. A lot of visual stuff that I, yeah, um, a ton that of I just completely, stuff. completely forgot about. And this is the point, too, where like, if you look at early seasons of The Simpsons, the animation is rough. And they'll talk about this on the commentaries as well, that they weren't really satisfied with the quality. But by this point, The Simpsons were you know at peak or just, just barely post-peak, so you know they had money to get good animation and well-drawn and, you know, these kind of great gags. It's, um, it's really good stuff. So they, they decide the only ethical thing to do with Hugo, who they realize is the left twin, I think. Yeah. yeah. So they think he's the left twin and the evil one is they chain him up in the attic and feed him fish heads once a week. And, uh, as Marge puts it, it saved our marriage. <laughs> they decide they need to go out and find Hugo. So the Simpsons go out, Dr. Hibbert leave, but they leave Bart behind so that he can record the hockey game. And Bart uh, locks all the doors, and wouldn't you know it, Hugo's there. And when Hugo's revealed, he's missing a tooth, and he's kind of dirty, but he has the same hair as Bart, and he's dressed just like Bart. Like, I I enjoy, and I guess it makes sense. It's economical, right? Like, when you're getting the 
the bulk shipment of blue shorts and red shirts, you got to get enough for Hugo because they're identical. But otherwise, he's fine. He's drinking a glass of milk and eating a plate of fish heads, which (laughs) is pretty funny. So he takes Bart up to the attic, uh, and his plan is to sew them back together. And this births one of my favorite Simpsons jokes. But you'll kill both of us. No, it's easy. Look, I've been practicing. I made a pigeon rat. A pigeon rat. Oh, <laughs> Shailen does that voice very well. Can you, can you give me his little pigeon rat, Shailen? I made a pigeon rat. Perfect. <laughs> Spot on. This is your best voice. Ringo Starr. <laughs> and the pigeon rat. The, pigeon rat voice. <laughs> the best part of the pigeon rat is when the pigeon starts to fly, hits the wall, it flips over, the rat tries to run away into the rattle, and the pigeon doesn't fit through it because it's built for a rat, it just slams into the wall three times. While the pigeon coos. But they're still alive, so Hugo is actually right. You know, he's, it's, yeah. yeah. He made it work. I love the pigeon rat. So Dr. Hibbert shows up, and he's, he, like, he, he just punches out Hugo. Like, that's the gag. He just punches Hugo through a picture frame. I love that gag it is that that when i think of the simpsons there's like a bunch of iconic scenes that obviously happen in my head but that one is like for some reason in my like burned into my brain just dr hibbert reaching through the frame and just punching hugo in the face it is so <laughs> funny to me i love it like how did the <laughs> how does it fool hugo why does he punch a child like it's so good there's so many layers to that one that one punch He's too crazy for Boys Town, though. So maybe he's less a child than <laughs> some kind of uh, some kind of derelict. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. So just at, at that point, Homer and Marge and Lisa get home. We think we saw Hugo at the airport. He was boarding a plane to Switzerland. At- oh. <laughs> okay. So now everybody is together again, and Doctor Herbert's musing, like, isn't it interesting that the the twin on the the left is always the evil one? And then they realize that Bart was the one on the left. And he goes, don't act so surprised, man. Wow, <laughs> your my... impression is spot on. Yeah, you yeah, do Bart and Simpson. Then he, and then he's like, hey, eat my shorts. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm Bart Simpson. You do a Bart Simpson. Then. I don't. I only have a Hugo. Oh, well, it's real easy to fucking throw your stuff. It was a good it? one. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Dave, give me a Bart Simpson. Uh, don't have a cow, man. Perfect. Uh, that's okay. Don't have a cow, man. Don't oh, don't not. have a cow, man. <laughs> oh, I don't have a cow. Uh, do not have a cow, man. Anyway, so it resolves. Uh, they put Bart in the attic with the fish heads, and Hugo's eating turkey. Everybody is uh, is very happy. Good segment. Good segment. I think pretty a pretty strong opener here. Segment two is the Genesis Tub, which is it has a similar plot to a Twilight Zone episode, The Little People. Don't know if that was on purpose or not, but sometimes they do parodies. The writer for this one, Dan Graney, he was the president of the Harvard Lampoon. Hmm. He wrote a bunch of Simpsons episodes. He still does write for the Simpsons. The most notable one I saw was King Size Homer, where Homer gained 60 pounds on purpose to go on disability. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a classic. Dad, towel rack. <laughs> he also wrote the episode Bart to the Future, which was aired in 2000 and presented the possibility of a Trump presidency. So he can see the future. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. There's a lot of Simpsons episodes that have predicted the future or future events. You know, there's a lot of that in this episode uh, in the last segment. So uh-huh. I'll just make a yes. little big league tease yes. there. Put more pins in that. <laughs> Not uh, similar to a voodoo doll. 
Dan Graney, also a bit of a renaissance man. He was a producer on the Michael Richards show. Do you guys remember that show? <laughs> no. So it was... <laughs> it, it, I, I do remember that. It, um, it aired right before the Three Men and the Baby sitcom. <laughs> yeah. It was after Seinfeld. So it was like, Michael Richards is a hot star. So NBC signed him to a sitcom. He played a detective. That was... <laughs> he wasn't Michael Richards. He was Michael Richards playing a detective character. I mean, he bears a very vague resemblance to Peter Falk. Yeah, I'm sure that's why. Whatever happened to that guy, Michael Richards? Peter Falk? <laughs> uh, Michael Richards had a racist breakdown oh, during funny. a yeah, stand-up boy. routine. Boy, you stomped that joke dead worse than a Michael Richards' career. <laughs> I thought you really didn't know what happened Jesus to Christ. <laughs> uh, he was also the composer for Borat, Dan Graney was, so I don't know. Wow. Another person that it's like, just like, fuck that guy, just based off career accomplishments. <laughs> Good for him and also fuck that guy. You suck. Stupid smart asshole. So we open up here with Lisa, and this is a very Lisa-centric episode, and I go back and forth on Lisa-centric episodes. Sometimes I find the Lisa character to be grating, and other times not. I don't know why. Because they sometimes write her as just really overbearing and terrible. But other times, not. Her episodes are better when she has like a storyline or characters to play off of. Yeah those instances she can be the lead right it can be a lisa centric episode and be pretty good like the um the uh lisa becomes a vegetarian mm-hmm. one which is amazing and hilarious yeah. but then there's other ones where it's just like i don't know it's very preachy or she comes across as preachy something mm-hmm. like that not just preachy but like blind to other people's situation preachy if she were Around today, right? If if she were older, like she'd be logging onto Facebook and starting fights with people <laughs> and getting kicked out of Facebook groups. I would go a step further. She would be the one getting kicked out of Facebook groups for accusing people of not caring about stuff when they care about it but can't do anything about it. And now I'm lost. I, I was going to say she would be the one who knocks. <laughs> uh, Another Bob Odenkirk. Uh, <laughs> so Lisa here is holding up a tooth. And I'm assuming it's her tooth, like one of her baby teeth fell out, but it's drawn like a person tooth, and it's unsettling in the same way that Marge's voluptuous breasts are. Um, <laughs> because, like, look at a character in The Simpsons, and their teeth are like upside-down tombstones. Or, I guess, if you're looking at their bottom teeth, they're shaped like tombstones. But this is a molar? I don't know. It's too anatomically correct for me. I didn't care for it. I thought that was the joke. Maybe it is the joke. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too dumb yeah. to get it. No, I think you right. are, but but I think the, <laughs> the differences are like, oh, what, what if we took their tooth out and made it really, really realistic? Like, it's obviously not her tooth. But in the Playboy, I think it's like, yeah, what if we like drew some fucking nipples on Mars and give her some- <laughs> Give like, her pe- some bazingas. Pubes. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It's, it's a different, a different, ugh. It's a world I don't want to live in. So it's yeah. it's getting to be around science fair time. And Lisa's project is she's going to rot the tooth with Buzz Cola. Bart comes in and he has rubbed himself with a balloon and he zaps Lisa. The static electricity touches the tooth and we're, we're off and running here. And she wakes up the next morning and she looks at the tooth in the tub. And what does she think she sees? Oh, boy. Mold. That's science fair pay dirt. I don't recall, and this is a common, you know, sitcom trope. Like, I don't recall having a science fair or partaking in a science fair at any point. Oh, really? Really. No fooling. Huh. We had a medieval fair once. That was it. Cool. Did you have to, like, make castles or something? 
We had to make castles, and my mom decided I needed to wear tights, so I wore tights. <laughs> this was in sixth grade. Hmm. I was dressed as a little prince. Hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a lot packed in there. There's a lot there. There was a lot packed in there. You're right. To unpack. I've never been broken. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was dressed as a little prince. <laughs> little prince like, did. Medieval people wear tights. No, they didn't wear tights. Oh, well, I'm going to find out. Tights are made out of spandex. Listen, it was... Did Lycra exist in the Crusades? Uh, Okay, tights were a medieval fashion faux pas. In mid-15th century England, a law restricted the wearing of short tunics that revealed the male buttocks to members of the upper class. So they did wear tights or They wore or like leggings. woolen leggings. That's well, not listen, the same as I tights. Wore, I wore tights, baby, because I was committed to the role. Of, I want uh, that prince. upper, I want that buttock re- revealing tunic. Like, where do you get <laughs> well, one of those? What does that look like? Yeah. It's just a shirt, you guys, with a belt. It's a little nighty. Yeah, oh. I like it. It's sexy. <laughs> Untuckit.com. <laughs> <laughs> you hit him up, untuckit.com. Promo code WatchBots for zero percent off fine shirts that will reveal your buttocks. In fourth grade, I did a project about rodents for my um, science project, mm-hmm. and we did had you make to a pose. Man? No. Did you do a Charlie thing? Did you like shove a crayon up there? We had to pose a question and then research the question and find an answer. And my question was. What if you put two hamsters together that don't know each other in a cage? How quickly would they mate? How quickly would they eat themselves? The answer is, depending on the hamster, they might get along and they might not. And that was, in my research, I like obviously that took me like 12 seconds to do. So then I was just researching like smallest rodent, largest rodent. And that is where my love of capybaras was formed. That's fascinating. I have to diverge from a divergence. Dave mentioned the hamsters eating each other. When I was a freshman in college, Uh-oh. one of my oh, roommates God. got two mice, uh-huh. and he wasn't particularly well-suited to having pets. Oh, God. Let's just say it didn't end well. That's terrible. Let's just say that one mouse ate the other mouse, and it was fucking awful. Oh, Did you discover it? I was shown it. I didn't discover it personally, uh-huh. but here's the connective tissue. Rodents. That day, I was wearing tights. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> For U.S. history class, and you were like, "Hey, are you missing this mouse?" And you, out of your tights, you pulled a new mouse. And that's the first day that I went on to untuckit.com. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Put in the promo code tight mouse. <laughs> and also hit us up on Twitter hashtag tight mouse for the tightest mouse. So, anyway. Lisa discovers that there's actually a little society. They're, they're like Cro-Magnon people that are living around the tooth. And she gets distracted by the most fantastic breakfast of all. Hey, these aren't waffles. These are just square pancakes. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. The waffle iron's in the shop. Waffle iron's been in the shop forever. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a couple of problems here. One. Cooking a pancake to be in a square sounds really challenging. And I think that Lisa dismisses that achievement by her mother too quickly. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Something she's often guilty of. And two, a lot of waffle makers are shitty, right? You get a good waffle maker, you get a crispy, delicious waffle. 
It's an iron. You want a waffle iron right. to do that. Because you get things a waffle say, like is. a waffle maker. It makes like shaped pancakes. Like we got a Black Panther waffle maker. You know, it, it makes a fine product. Not a waffle. It's a pancake shaped like T'Challa's head. With like a weird print on the outside. There's no crispiness. Those edges aren't there. Makes me sick. Do you know we... <laughs> so I don't know what kind of waffle maker they had, but... It's in the shop. <laughs> True enough. We're a well-known waffle-loving family, which is why we have, and I, I counted yeah, they, this it, morning. A, a, a WKWLF. We have four different waffle makers with an attachment to make a fifth. Love waffles. Don't talk about attachments anymore. It's awful. I like waffles. Your waffle iron attachment is like the nude Marge of the waffle world. <laughs> huh. It's too much. It's too much. Too much appendage. So Lisa continues, and she she looks down in her little world after breakfast, and she notices that they've evolved. They're now in the Middle Ages, and... I've created Lutherans! <laughs> Just a weird throwaway <laughs> gag. One of, the, one of her little people is, like, tacking something to the, to the door, which is a reference I got, at least. So overnight, the society continues to evolve. It's like... It, it kind of works on interstellar time, where... One second for Lisa is like a decade for her people. So just overnight, they get electricity and they they start to evolve into a future society. And then Bart comes in in the morning and he he does a lot of Bart stuff. Oops, my finger slipped. Oops, my finger slipped. Bart, stop it! I think what I always appreciate about the um, the Treehouse of Horror episodes was that it let the characters do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like it was out of character for them to do. Like mm-hmm. Bart was mischievous, but he never he was never like truly awful like that. Or or if he was, they would spend the whole episode trying to redeem himself, or he would learn something. Homer's the same way too. Like they're just really shitty, and it's but it's used to like a really good effect. And I think the shift when it like like after season eleven or twelve or whatever it was, like I think the problem is like they went to the Treehouse of Horror characters. Mm-hmm. It wasn't special anymore. Well, there's a shift in the Bart character over time. Early Bart is, you know, he's an underachiever and damn proud of it, but he's also kind of an asshole. There's an early episode that's centered around Thanksgiving and Lisa it's like the women of Thanksgiving or something. And she makes this oh, big centerpiece right. yeah. and Bart fucking throws it in a fire and is non-repentant for most of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's isn't just... there a reason he does it though. I forget why, but like there's a, I there's a reason why. behind it. Yeah. But it's, it's a bad reason. And and yeah, over time, yeah. Bart becomes more of like a mini Homer uh, where he's just like, you know, he's not smart and like, he just gets in the situation. So I like the shot into the tub as well. Like it looks like, original sim city for the super nintendo after godzilla would come in and attack like there's just fires (laughs) everywhere and people are screaming so in retaliation here this this night the society has now evolved i'm going to call it tooth town or tiny town as bart will call it in a minute here they have evolved into a future state so they have spaceships that come out not unlike the spaceship from futurama i'll point out they have very similar like three finned kind of rice kernel look to them. And this is one of the first times that computer animation had happened with the Simpsons. So they computer modeled these ships and then the animators traced over them. 
I don't know that it made any single bit of difference to the finished I product. But did not notice that at all. I think the season before they had really. I think that was the the Homer Tron episode. <laughs> a weird three D thing. Yeah. Strange yeah, show. yeah. I think I think that was where they really like the groundbreaking computer mm-hmm. animation kicked in. So they go and they attack Bart, and you know they <laughs> literally fly through his skull shooting lasers. He gets to Lisa's room. He looks very pimply. You know, he looks like he's going through puberty and he makes a threat. Sooner or later, you let your guard down and then flush. It's toilet time for Tiny Town. And I pull that clip not because it's particularly funny, but because it places this pall over every single other thing that happens after for the rest of the segment. So Bart's plan or his threat to Lisa is that when she doesn't have the, the society protected, He's going to grab it and flush it down the toilet. So just put that in the back of your mind as we progress okay. here, because <laughs> I think it, get, it goes to weird spaces. So after this happens, Lisa gets sucked into the society by um, by Professor Frank. So Professor Frank, again, like a Jerry Lewis, nutty professor style character. He calls this the, the debigulator. The <laughs> debigulator. Using it, he's able to draw Lisa in where she's sitting on a, a tooth-shaped throne, which I appreciated. <laughs> when I was watching this, this came up. This question came up for me: Is who is your favorite side character in The Simpsons? I'm a Krusty fan. I like Krusty. Oh, okay, all right. I was a big Professor Frank guy. I thought I like. I loved how he came in and just did these random noises mm-hmm. and things, and and then just left. That was great. The who else? Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Smithers at certain times was was always funny. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of the Malibu Stacy episode. Shailen had to step away. Shailen's favorite side character is Maud Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know she's not here to uh, to defend her decision, but says says a lot about her. <laughs> Maud Flanders is a fine fine character. So Lisa is in the society. She meets like, I'm going to, he's like the Jafar sort of, uh, or like, he's like the king of these people. The, the, but the we, royal vizier. Yeah. Like we never hear this guy's name, but uh, we get this gag. We have listened to you speak since the dawn of time, O creator. And we have learned to imitate you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they call Bart the devil and Lisa says, no, 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 no. He's my brother. Like, we'll get out of this. You just have to get me out of here. Before she starts to to get up to leave, the people see Lisa as their god, and they start to ask her the tough questions. Uh, god, hi, Bill Watson. I uh, live in the clock building. I have a question. If you're so good, why do you allow bad things to happen? Boy, am I so fat. Why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> why am I so fat? That's my favorite side character, that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Lisa's eight, and she wants to get out of the situation. And she says, get me out of here. And then uh, the Professor Frank character jumps on up on the stage with her. And... Well, that would require some sort of a rebigulator, which is a concept so ridiculous it makes me want to laugh out loud and chortle. But, uh, but not at you, oh holiest of gods, with the wrathfulness and the vengeance and the blood rain and the hey, 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 it hurts me. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff from, uh, from folk Professor Frank there. So you see Bart's hand very slowly coming over the top of the world, and you think, oh no, he's going he's gonna to flush them away, he's going to come through on his threat. But he doesn't. What he does do is he takes the society to the science fair, where he presents it under the title, The Little Universe. 
<laughs> and like more specifically the little universe by bart simpson i don't know why the by bart simpson just um it's like the cherry on top for me but i but i enjoyed it and he wins first prize as is noted by principal scanner here first rate work bart this universe you've created is even more impressive than martin's milk carton ukulele willie you can throw out the other projects we have a winner you know, Martin is the nerd character, and I feel like Martin would come up with something better than a milk carton ukulele, but I guess in the Treehouse of Horror universe it works. Yeah, I was wondering if this was maybe Bart's dream. Oh, that could him. be. Like I that, could see if that. Was, if they had, they had written out that framing device or something, but I don't know. I was just it, it just tickles me watching Martin play the ukulele. Yeah, it's, it's funny. He's wearing like a grass skirt. And, but I mean, to put Martin in context, in the Frank Grimes episode, when Grimes tries to make Homer look bad, he tricks Homer into entering like a nuclear power plant design contest for children. And Martin makes a model that is so sophisticated it's powering the room. Yeah. So like that he came up with a milk carton ukulele. <laughs> it's actually very funny. <laughs> Bart wins. Lisa's upset and she's mad. Uh, she starts to exert her godlike powers. Shouldn't you people be groveling? <laughs> and bring me some shoes. Nice ones. She'll want socks too. I'll, I'll get socks. <laughs> And that, so that's how it ends, but I couldn't get past this dark idea of, oh, shit, Bart had threatened to flush it down the toilet, and he wouldn't, Bart's not the kind of character that would take care of that world, so he will almost certainly be killing Lisa soon. I was reading about this earlier, the Treehouse of Horror episodes were knocked by like the network because mm-hmm. because of their violence, so I wonder if like they started to write like implied violence or off-screen violence mm. to get around that. But yeah, I was like, it's not that violent. But then I remembered all the axings that uh, Groundskeeper <laughs> Willie had in that one yeah. season. Which brings up the tiny universe one is is a in the memorable Treehouse of Horror segments. This one doesn't like stand out to me. I remember it. I remember yeah. the jokes. It doesn't stand out. What's a standout horror segment for you? Um, so the one we're about to talk about for sure, the shinning yes. is another one. Shinning's top for, for me. Like yeah, top. I think so. Those yeah, are probably the ones one. that stand out the most. The one where Bart turns into a fly. <laughs> oh, in the one. one where the haunted, the monkey's paw. Oh boy, now, now I'm on a roll. The haunted crusty doll where they do like the child's play knockoff. There's another one. Uh, the, the Twilight Zone ripoff where the gremlins on the side of the bus. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. The Twilight Zone ripoff where Bart turns Homer into a Jack in the Box. Yes, 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 yes. So, that's, that's, that's really solid. But yeah. shinning is top for me. Colloquially, and this is based off of no evidence, I feel like the middle segment in these tends to be comparatively weaker. You like you're, Maybe it's just you remember the beginning, like it's a strong beginning, and you always remember the end, but the middle just, it feels a little yeah, weaker. Yeah, it could, could, be pur- could be purposeful too, like they kind of bury it in the middle there. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, um, was it like the 1250 sketch on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they made right. it on the show, be happy. Which I always think are, are, there's hidden gems in there. Sure. That early morning uh, sketch. (laughs) Talk about a show past its peak. Anyway, so the uh, the third and final segment here is Citizen Kang. And this one's written by David X. Cohen. So this guy's really prolific. He got his start writing on Beavis and Butthead, (laughs) which automatically makes me a fan. But he wrote a bunch of Simpsons episodes. He wrote Lisa the Vegetarian. He wrote Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. But he's probably best known for working with Matt Groening on Futurama. So he was the head writer for that entire run. 
he also was president of the Harvard Lampoon. So he has those, those <laughs> classic chops. Here's the thing about David X. Cohen. His name is actually David S. Cohen, but there already was a David S. Cohen in like the union or whatever. So he changed it to X because it sounded sci-fi-ish. And that's dumb. <laughs> I thought he had changed it when he started working on Futurama because like his name comes up pretty prominently Mm -hmm. in the the Futurama credits. I don't think it does in the Simpsons credits, but like I remember like David X. Cohen, like did he do that for the show about space? That was close. Not too far off. Yeah. What would you change your middle name to, Ben? What would I change my middle name to? Yeah. yeah. What, what, What initial? Just make it sound like really cool. Q. Oh man, that's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. People will know I'm I'm hip to uh, what's going on with JFK. I think I would go with a Z. Okay, Z's pretty good. People be like, "Fuck, that's that's so mysterious." Like, what could Z stand for? It sounds super powerful. Would the Z stand for Z from Metal? Yes. No, uh, 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 Zoltar. It's not an intergalactic kegger down here. (laughs) (laughs) It would stand for Zardoz after my uh, favorite favorite Sean Connery movie. I like that. I like that. In interviews about this episode, Cohen has said that this violates a big rule about The Simpsons, that every episode is supposed to be timeless, and that by setting it up in a specific time and in with these specific like presidential candidates, it broke those rules. Now, maybe that was a rule up to this point, but it certainly didn't apply later, like where every episode felt kind of locked in time. Like, think about... Yeah the Super Bowl episode, right? That they aired right after the Super Bowl with the Falcons and the Broncos. And that was just a couple years after this, you know, where they go, the, the Atlanta Falcons. That locked <laughs> into... T- anyway, it's just, it's a weird thing. It underscores, like, Simpsons writers are obviously very funny people, but they really take the idea of the Simpsons so seriously. And I guess it's for some of these guys, it's their life's work, but I don't It's know. like this self-imposed integrity around yeah. the show yeah it's it's i appreciate it but i also would argue that this um this segment is still timeless just yeah with all it the is themes it, 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 about. Yeah. it is yeah this this is a classic so let's get into it uh we open up with homer he's at the old fishing hole he gets picked up by a ufo and like the little hook comes down it's like a claw machine and of course these are the the classic simpsons aliens kang and kodos Eat them! Silence! We are travelers from a certain nearby ringed planet whose name we'd prefer not to mention. My name is Kang, and this is my sister, Kodos. So they don't say the planet, but they're actually from Rigel 7, and we just talked about this recently. Rigel 7 is where the the lion guy from the Mighty Ducks was from, <laughs> uh, and also where the like the mind-altering aliens from the original pilot of Star Trek are from. So it's it's a great planet. Homer here assumes that he is going to be subject to a rectal probe, but Kang and Kodos disabuse him of that. Stop. We have reached the limits of what rectal probing can teach us. <laughs> Which, first of all, I don't know how that's even possible, but... <laughs> the human anal cavity is filled with potential. <laughs> you know, so many answers can be found in there. Shailen agrees. Of course. Vast and sweeping. Oh, Shailen, here's a question for you. Yeah. Why yeah. is your favorite Simpsons character Maud Flanders? Yeah. What? It was reported earlier in this episode that your favorite Simpsons side character is Maud Flanders. That's I not true. And I said Ned Flanders or Professor Frank, and Ben had said... Um, uh, Krusty the Clown. Krusty the Clown. And it, it was reported, 
exclusively that your favorite character was mod flanders and when asked for comment you declined to comment yeah we checked our sources too it's, your sources are solid, liars solid stuff how dare ralphie wiggum mm-hmm. always always ralphie wiggum always anyway i'm glad we cleared that up so they're not interested in a rectal probe or choo choose you <laughs> Or if they are interested in a rectal probe, it's more for recreational purposes. Sure. This is more of a classic take-me-to-your-leader plot. And Homer shouts out, okay, President Clinton, but it's an election year. Uh, And who is Clinton going up against here? It might be, what's his name? Uh, Mumbly Joe. (laughs) Mumbly Joe. (laughs) In this case, is Bob Dole. And I did a little research here because I was curious about the 96 election, right? Like we just came off, I guess we're still going through in some, in some way, shape or form, like an incredibly contentious election in the U S. And I was like, wow, was it? I thought it was, I thought it was calm. (laughs) It was calm and and fair. And yeah, more about that in a few minutes, but the 96 election was a complete blowout. The electoral college score was three seventy nine to one fifty nine for Clinton. Jesus. And like Clinton was a divisive president. So just anyway, those were better times is the point. Like, I don't know that we're going to survive past 24, but but that's, that's way far down the road. That's way far <laughs> down the road. King and Kodos decide that they need to kidnap Clinton, as they call him, and Bob Dole. And here you meet the president. What's happening? Is it noon already? <laughs> now that, of course, is Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman did a ton of voices on The Simpsons, just a ton of great characters before he was uh, murdered by his wife. A fate which I hope to replicate one day. No. But. Not happening. You'll need a new wife first. That's neither here nor there. Because they'll have to get remarried. It's it's all this divorce. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So they bring bring both candidates onto the ship and strip them nude and put them into pink goo. And The Simpsons will do this thing a lot with nudity. Where they'll have like it's like the Austin Powers bit, yeah. So they have like a like a strip across, like the the metal band where the two tubes meet, yeah. yeah. Covers covers their uh, their their backside, and I bits. wish I could. I, I didn't see everything. <laughs> their bits. No, it's it's not like in the Simpsons movie where they did that joke with Bart for a solid two minutes, and then there was just a flash of Bart's little boy dick in the Simpsons movie. Do you guys remember? I obviously did not remember that. I feel like we've talked about this. <laughs> I feel like my brain lot. was like, no. It just, it just like saw it and like immediately threw it out. Yeah, I don't know. It's why don't I, retain this. My brain. I'm thinking about Simpsons nudity so much today, but God, that's and like I don't in know. retrospect, that's so fucked up. I we saw the Simpsons movies in theater on opening night, and people like howled at seeing Bart's dick. <laughs> like that, that's crazy. I guess the world was clamoring for that. Like, yeah, it was weird fuck. because like. It, it was less that day, but it was more like a collective, like, oh. That's not true. In the theater. Not true. It's damn true, as Kurt Angle would say. So the aliens bioduplicate the candidates. So one of them turns into Clinton. One of them turns into Dole. Here's Homer, who's still on the ship. Oh, no. Aliens, bioduplication, nude conspiracies. Oh, my God. Lyndon LaRouche was right. Okay, so Lyndon LaRouche, a reference I had no idea about. I remember that line, but I had never looked up Lyndon LaRouche. If you were wondering, Lyndon LaRouche was a political activist, a Marxist, and a conspiracist who ran for president eight times. So uh, I don't know if he had like a nudity conspiracy theory, but that's the reference Homer's making here. Hmm. To discredit Homer, they squirt him with rum. 
Which is pretty <laughs> funny. Like drench him in rum and throw him back in the boat. He runs back to the house and he starts to tell the family what's going on. Bill Clinton, or is it, is on TV giving an address. I am Clinton. As overlord, all will kneel trembling before me and obey my brutal commands. End communication. Mm, that's like Willie for you, always with the smooth talk. <laughs> There's um, some parallels in what Bill Clinton is saying here with uh, a certain past president. Thank God. Just kneel and grovel. Past president. Um, we cut to, uh, by the way, the candidates spend an inordinate amount of time in Springfield, uh, which yeah. I particularly enjoyed. Uh, Springfield, New Hampshire, you see. It's a swing state, so. <laughs> it's the swing state. Yeah. It's the Pennsylvania here. It's a, it's a swing county. I they say. cut to uh, Kent Brockman, who's the local news anchor, who's interviewing Bob Dole. And I didn't grab this this interview, but Dole says, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Your planet is doomed either way. And I thought, boy, this segment is getting awfully prescient here. Um, <laughs> Ken Brockman calls it refreshingly frank. And I thought, oh, man, this is this is weird. I saw it. I'm like, I'm laughing. You know, Bart calls Homer rummy. It's funny and, and all that. But like, and then it's start, like this starts. I'm like, this isn't that funny anymore. Like, I don't. I it's don't still funny. Like, but it's, it's very funny. It's, but I was like, I kind of starting to feel uncomfortable with how yeah. pressured this is. Well, don't worry, because it's it's just going to continue. Okay. Because the very next scene here, it's a scene of Bob Dole, and he's going to give you know a speech in front of a steel mill or whatever. Now, here's how he's introduced. Ladies and gentlemen, 73-year-old candidate Bob Dole. Now, the joke is very obviously that he's 73 and is like too old, right? Right. Here's the thing. Joe Biden, in he's the like, last election cycle, like was isn't he? 77 going on 78. Yeah. The illustrious Teflon Don, 74. So both older huh. than Bob Dole, who was seen as too old. But <laughs> what are we going to do? The, but that's what America wanted. Two very old white guys. <laughs> but Yes, America wanted that, yeah. for sure. <laughs> what what the segment gives us is a lot of, like, it's just lampooning of political speeches. And there's a few good ones here. This is a particularly strong one. Oddly, another Prussian topic, which is fucked up. Uh, is abortion, but this is treated with gravitas and much aplomb. It's Abortions a- for all. <laughs> Very well. No abortions for anyone. <laughs> hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. Yeah! <laughs> Truly, if the American public could rally around that promise. Wouldn't the world be a better place? I mean, you would think so. So it goes. Staying off my soapbox, you're welcome. Now we're moving into a debate. <laughs> They're debating Springfield Town Hall, where the entry fee is $5. <laughs> and I appreciated that. So we got a good Bob Dole speech. Here's a good Bill Clinton speech. I grabbed all of this. I think it's like 20 seconds, but it's, it's fantastic. My fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But tonight I say... We must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Yeah! <laughs> twirling. Another line I quote a lot. It's um, the best. So the, the whole crowd is going wild outside of Lisa, and then Homer comes in, he's, he's brandishing the flag, and he's calling them fakes, and he gets thrown out, and... Homer's trying to figure out how to fix the situation, and he kicks a bush. <laughs> so it's a very close-up shot of him kicking a bush. 
and you hear him kick something hard and it pans out and the bush is covering like a half percent of just this enormous alien ship. So he goes inside the ship where Clinton and Dole are both still in um, suspended animation and he drains the goo (laughs) and you don't see like Bill Clinton's man cigar as it were. But you do see his and Bob Dole's like firm asses. <laughs> There's no wrinkles on either of them. They're both looking pretty tight and The firm. animators were very kind. I like it. Well, they, they had to be kind somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so Homer decides, even though both candidates are in Springfield, or maybe some time had passed, he needs to fly the ship toward Washington to make this right. And in the meantime, these two enemies that are locked in political turmoil, Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, have a little conversation. You know, Senator, being in suspended animation gave me time to think. Partisan politics are tearing our country apart. You got a point there, Bill. If you and I are going to whoop these one-eyed space fellas, we're going to have to set aside our differences. Together, we can lead America into a new golden age. Friend, you got a deal. Homer, let us out. It's time to tear those aliens a third corn shoot. Now, the first half of that is very prescient. The thing that gets me, though, is Bob Dole saying a third corn shoot, which would imply <laughs> that he knows that they have at least two corn shoots. <laughs> there's no particular reason he would have known that, but I, that makes me laugh. Unfortunately, Homer ejects and kills both Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. <laughs> he just ejects them into space. The image of them floating naked in space is... Yeah. is uh... They don't scream. They just, they just float out there and die. It's you can't funny. scream in a vacuum bed. It's true. In space, no one can hear you scream. Back to Washington and Clinton and Dole. It's the eve of the election. And I don't remember again if it's Kang or Kodos. It says the most foreshadowy thing yet. I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Yikes. We'll avoid the temptation because we're going long here to get deep into this. But this is fucked up. So. Homer crashes the ship into the capital. He unmasks King and Kodos. They're shown to be the alien lizard guys that they are. But King and Kodos say, so you have to vote for one of us. It's a two-party system. <laughs> we get another classic line. It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. Right. This is a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. Throw your vote away. (laughs) (laughs) Joke gets me every single time. It got me when I was 12. Gets me when I'm 37. The shot of Ross Perot putting his knee through his hat. Yeah. (laughs) Spectacular. Hilarious. So Kang gets elected. The humans are enslaved. They're building a space ray. And you get one more classic line to take us out. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! Good, good stuff. So that is The Simpsons. <laughs> it's the whole 33 years summed up in a tight 90-minute package. Would you show this episode to an unruly child, Jalen? Yes. Would it help that child go to sleep? I don't know the answer. I don't I don't know how to help children sleep at this point. Okay. I'm at a loss. Okay. Dave? W- uh, would I show it to an unruly child who can't sleep? Sure. <laughs> yeah, in this, this yeah. situation. I don't know that I would show this episode. The Halloween episodes could be a little extreme. Uh, there's a lot of dying in this, but past that, getting there, getting there. Mm-hmm. Let's go with one to five pigeon rats. Five pigeon rats, Ben. Thanks, Shailen. I emphatically put my five fingers up from my left hand here. Mm-hmm. The evil twin. 
<laughs> Wait a minute, the scar's on the right. I also give it five. This was, there was no question if the score was going to go low. Like it's it, it, it's not even like oh, this is a weak Simpsons episode. It's a four out of five. It's it's just five out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an easy five. I mean, a part of me is tempted to that's a social go the route of wrestling journalist and historian Dave Meltzer and break the scale and give it six. But I also think we may have given six to something at some other point. I don't know what fucking bullshit. All the, all the Twelve The French rats. Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was either the French Garfield or Rambo, I don't know which. So great show. Do yourself a favor and check out The Simpsons. Hopefully that's not news to anybody. So for tonight's game, I started off and I was, I was doing some research. And then I realized there's no need to overcomplicate it. So for tonight's game, it's short. It's simple. It's sweet. Holding oh boy. this up to the camera. It's a little bit of just straight up Simpsons trivia. All right. You get the fun whole, for the whole family. The, the whole tin? I do. I have the tin. Uh, this is not my original Simpsons trivia tin. So this may be missing some cards, but this one is cool. Uh, I'm sure that clanging noise will be very good. <laughs> just wonderful for listeners. It comes with the whole character poster. So all the characters are there and there are different trivia things with that. And there's a little key to it, but we'll just do what's on the card. So I'm just going to grab a few cards here. We'll do a few rounds. We don't need to go crazy with this. We're playing for fun. I remember we we played a Simpsons DVD trivia, gosh, back in college. And we were schooled by that. It was like asking us questions about like, what was Ned Flanders license plate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lefty. Oh, was it? I have no idea. I just oh, figured okay. it sounded realistic. <laughs> That's Phil That's Mickelson's not- plate, Shailen. <laughs> but are these questions Say it with like, enough confidence and people or- believe you. I don't are these recall. Easier on par. I haven't I played we'll this in a while. Okay. So I mean, the the DVD game seen it, and those themed trivial pursuits will just like rip your soul out. Yes. Like I considered myself at, at one point, like I had fallen off, like a Lord of the Rings, you know, like knowing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I played Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit. It was like I had never learned how to read. Yeah, you and I were playing it, and it was like, what the fuck? I thought like I knew a lot about this world i guess i didn't it was asking us questions about the similarian and, and all of that. yeah okay so actually i'm gonna play along with you guys here because there's just questions and answers and the question can attest there's just questions on one side so i'm not yeah. cheating so number one true or false Nightboat is the tv hero that always solves crimes near bodies of water and we'll, we'll all answer these true okay that's true I agree that that's true, and it's true. Number two, for what album did Krusty get a gold record? Is it Rappin' with Master K, Croon Along with Krusty, or Do the Crustarena? <laughs> that's ironic that the Macarena would be referenced here. I think it's I think it's Croon Along with Krusty. I have rap albums in my mind because of we talked about Alvin and the Chipmunks last time, and they did rap albums, but I'm pretty sure it's it's Croon along with Krusty. There's also Rap and Rodney, the Ronnie Dangerfield rap album. <laughs> True enough. I agree that it's Croon along with Krusty. Man, I want to say Croon as well. Okay. It is indeed Croon along with Krusty. So we know I, our shit so far. We're experts so far. I should have done like a back to school theme, even though it's October, whatever. It's late. What was Krusty's clown college before it became a college? Was it Willie Nelson's house, an internment camp, or the Springfield nuclear testing site? Three spectacular options. Willie Nelson's house. Okay. An internment camp. I also think it's an internment camp. It was Willie Nelson's house. Oh. 
Shailen takes the unofficial lead here. Heck Shailen yeah. is the Simpsons genius right now. <laughs> Shailen is a Willie Nelson fan. PhD. We we had a professor in the college that we all attended together, uh, a philosophy professor who wrote a chapter on Lisa Simpson in like the Simpsons and philosophy book. Hmm. That guy sucked, so I assume that that chapter sucked. Fair. And transmission. Ben, you and I have both worked with that uh, with the uh, the guy who founded that series. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, huh. like the and philosophy series. Yeah, I remember I told them the Simpsons one sucked. <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> one did suck. Well, la di da. So, moving on here, Homer and Marge have a deal. If her sisters stop coming over after six, he promises to stop doing what? <laughs> Without multiple choices, these are these are much harder. Bowling. Okay. I think it's ironic. I think it's the dishes. Bowling the dishes. I think it's like walking around in his underwear. <laughs> the answer is uh, eating her lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. Let's do another another card here and see how we feel. True or false? Ruth Powers is the single mom who lives next door to the Simpsons with her daughter, Laura. False. Okay. That's false. It's true. I can't remember who voiced Ruth Powers. Laura was the girl that Bart had a crush on, who was oh, voiced by um, Sarah Gilbert. Yeah, Sarah Gilbert from yeah. Roseanne. Hmm. Uh, now from the Connors. Hashtag the Connors. Who breaks into the Simpsons house during the all singing, all dancing episode? Is it Snake, Sideshow Bob, or the Babysitter Bandit? Snake. Snake. It is Snake. I don't even have to check the card on that one. It's Snake. Because he sings about it. And he dances, I believe, as well. Yes, that's true. Who is Superintendent Chalmers' assistant? Is it Gorky, Leopold, or Stanislaw? I <laughs> have no fucking idea. Oh, man. I'll go with Stanislav. That just sounds funny. Say the okay. names again. Gorky, Leopold, or Stanislaw? I'm going to go Leopold to keep it interesting. I think it's Leopold. It is Leopold. Yeah. <sighs> Super Nintendo Chalmers? <laughs> the best character. Who helped Ned Steve Flanders Thames. overcome his behavioral pro- problems when he was a boy? Jesus. <laughs> That's a good answer. It was the anatomically correct vagina of Maud. <laughs> when, although when he was a boy, that's probably pretty gross. That's pretty gross. That's pretty gross. <laughs> Who helped him overcome his problems? His behavioral problems. Didn't he go to therapy or something? Because he he hated his parents because they were hippies. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't it like a TV show character. Um, the answer is Doctor Foster. What, 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 you, oh, oh, wow. I'm just yeah. going to put you out of your misery on that. Jesus, thanks. Hey, boy. Or one more card. What does Krusty's dad do for a living? Fisherman, chef, or rabbi? Rabbi. Rabbi. Yeah, rabbi. Who's the actor? Plays Herschel. Is it Judd Hirsch? It is not. It's um racist. That was a genuine guess. <laughs> it's Jackie Mason. So Jackie uh, Mason was yeah, uh, yeah, 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 was yeah. a really big get back in season three. So so good stuff. What famous singer helps get Bart out of the well? I mean, Madonna, Bette Midler, or Sting? Sting. Sting. Yeah, of course, it's Sting. He's a good digger, Marge. Sitting <laughs> alone the well. In the auto show, whose concert does Bart attend? It's not the Ramones. It's not Spinal Tap. Is it no? Is it Spinal Tap? I'm gonna say it's Spinal Tap. 
It's not the who, because the who comes when they build the wall out of garbage. <laughs> Pass? You could just say in a band, Jayla, I forgot to The say. Beatles. Okay. Uh, Ace of Base. It actually was Spinal Tap. <laughs> so. Ben has the answer. It's good logic. It's good logic. I, I wasn't cheating. You were fucking looking with me. God damn. I wasn't looking at anything. You're, fuck. Only these accusations. Last question here for the championship. Whose concert does Homer sneak backstage during, pretending to be the Potato Man? Peter Frampton's. It's, um, damn it, Smashing Pumpkins. It's U2, and I only remember because it's one of my favorite Simpsons moments ever. What is it? It's, it's U2, so he sneaks backstage. I think he, it's when he's running for sanitation commissioner, maybe. And okay. he's, so oh. he goes on stage, and then, uh, it, so it's actually Bono, and he's like, don't worry, folks, he'll get the help he needs. And they're singing in the name of love while Homer's just getting pummeled. Like, on, like, the <laughs> so that is a, a very simple game of Simpsons trivia. And now all I want to do is uh, just play that over and over and over. But I'll refrain because there's there's more work to be done here. On to the mailbag. Halloween party season is back. Yeah. I need inspiration for a costume. Give me your favorite ideas or costumes. Sincerely, Rad Radigan. Thanks, Rad. So the best costume that I think I ever wore Mm -hmm. for any Halloween, it's neck and neck. I have two really good ones. One year, I was a full-on peanut butter and jelly sandwich made of foam rubber and fabric that was so large I couldn't bend my knees or put my arms down. (laughs) It's like the episode of The Simpsons where Lisa was the state of Florida. (laughs) Yes. It was exactly like that. I was a bag of groceries one year, which was pretty good, but not amazing. Were you the baguette? No, I was a bag of my well, head I mean, was like, just in the oh your head was just in the bag yeah but you, you weren't i had a hat with like and... stuff glued to it oh, okay, and there okay. were things glued around my head on my the box mm-hmm. and then my own creation one year i just dressed as a canadian so i wore jeans and a parka okay. and i got a crap ton of candy okay those are good costumes okay it's good inspiration shaylin yeah when my uh children were infants I had uh, two chances to do this, and I blew it. I wanted to uh, put them in a Bjorn, like a front front facing, mm-hmm. and build a contraption around myself to make them. And they would be wearing like little blue pants and a white t shirt, and I would be operating this big power lifter, and they would be Ellen Ripley, and I would be the power lifter, and it would be mm-hmm. the um, that that iconic scene from from Aliens, um, just grabbing candy with that. So okay, that, I thought you were going to say Quato. That was another one I had. Okay. So it, it all involves babies. <laughs> this one, I would, uh, another Bjorn situation, I'd cut a hole through my shirt and I'd like smear like apple jelly on the baby yeah. and they yeah, would look that's like, a good uh, idea. It'd, be, it'd be Quato from, from Total Recall. That's a great mm. idea. That's a great idea. While you guys were talking, I came up with four. So one is one I did. One is one I helped facilitate. One is topical and one is timeless. Okay. Okay. Do them all. Mm. The best one I ever did was dressing up as a uh, a luchador, as it were. Um, <laughs> I bought like a wrestling mask and a muscle shirt and elbow pads. That's pretty good. That was I, a good I year. wore them, and to complete it, I also had, I think it was like a tape player or something. It, it was, was a speaker attached it was to a Bluetooth. Speaker, it, was, it was a speaker attached to Bluetooth, uh, and I had like mariachi music that would play when I entered the room. I guess it never got old. That I was pretty you. great, actually. I think that year I was Max Shrek from I Batman so, Returns. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and I had the Oswald Cobblepot pins and yeah. 
Yeah. I believe I still have one of those pins around somewhere. Can't uh, confirm. Can't confirm. You're welcome. It is on the ceiling, so I can look up at it. <laughs> I close my eyes to go to sleep. <laughs> that took a turn. The the first year, uh, Shailen, my son, was around. I bought a big loaf of bread, and I put him in it. <laughs> I made him a California burger. Yet another Simpsons reference, which is not on purpose, but it's true. <laughs> a topical one. If you folks are looking for topical, that's always a thing. You could dress up like disgraced Raiders coach John Gruden and just put like a sign on that says canceled. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Or if you had a way to like make yourself invisible, you're disappearing like the Back to the Future photos <laughs> as he's slowly being erased from existence. Or, or you could, uh, you know, make yourself look like a redacted email. Yeah. See, that's a good idea. Hmm. Yeah. Widely applicable. But here's the timeless one. And this is really the one rad that I recommend. You go. You go back around the time of uh, 1996, you dress up as Judge Lance Ito from the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> Do you remember the dancing Itos? That was a thing. Everybody remembers oh, yeah. the dancing Itos. Timeless. In that time period, around Halloween, I went to um, my friend's family's Halloween party, right? One of the, the uncles there, were there. Crazy uncle. This guy had a Judge Lance Ito latex mask. Let me tell you, that thing killed. That Ito mask killed at that party. So I don't have any mm. reason to believe that Judge Lance Ito wouldn't be as effective in 2021 as it was in, I don't know, 95 or 96 or whenever the hell the OJ trial happened. Hmm. I saw a good tweet <laughs> about a Halloween costume. Okay, cool. Going as a former gifted child. When people say, what are oh, you? Like, because, like kids who have their parents like pour all these expectations on them. Oh, and, you could like, have said a smart like, kid. I was thinking like like a child that was given away. Like that's fucking awful. No, like previously viewed as gifted and now average. Oh, I was uh, thinking like so, an X-Man. So when someone <laughs> says, oh, what are you? The response is, I should have been so many things. I see. It works better in a tweet. No, I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. What a long sip of beer you just took. <laughs> <laughs> the Aristocats. Everybody wants to be a cat, Ben. Anyway, listeners, hit us up at WatchPotSpot on Twitter with your best Halloween costume ideas. Uh, hashtag, I could have been so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've hit the apex, but maybe not. <laughs> so that'll do it. This is uh, This is part one of our annual spooktacular still to be named more to come more to come i can promise you that but any last simpsons thoughts while we are on the topic i've been going through some halloween shows like hulu and 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 peacock have like halloween collections it's worth Mm -hmm. checking out film and tv they've collected a bunch of um series halloween specials which are fun this reminded me to go through all the Treehouse of Horrors. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm gonna think I'm going to run through those. It's worth worthwhile, at yeah. least until the ones I remember, anyway. Yeah, Disney Plus has them all in a collection, so uh, so check it out. Ooh, okay. Twenty two minutes a pop. There's like thirty of them. That's I don't know, ten hours. I have to go make my pigeon run. You know, spend less time watching those than you would watching Squid Game. That's true. It's all about the Squid Game. Shalyn, any final thoughts? No, and that's a perfectly cromulent idea. Okay. Well, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on all those socials at WatchBotsPod. Thank you for subscribing and rating five stars and all that good stuff on iTunes or whatever. For 
stabbing Shailen. Stabby. And um, it was Cadaver. Cadaver or, or Stark, another one. Stark Stark David Mad. That's a good one. Come up with more. Um, Dave Digger. <laughs> I'm trying to rhyme lave. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be winners. <laughs> this is uh, the the Ben Executioner. Thanks for listening to uh, another ghoul filled edition of Watchbots. And to take us out of here, Shalyn. What? You're on the hook for your Mod Flanders love. Would love to hear an acapella version of the Simpsons theme song. The Simpsons. Bum, 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 bum. The long version. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Nope. I'm trying to remember the part where it goes. Here, I'll finish it off. Okay. Bravo. Abort mission. You're going in the wrong direction. Family guy. 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 Family guy.